Welcome to this episode of Women to Women podcast series. Our guest today is Abhilasha Ramaswamy. She is the senior director of health economics and outcomes research leading the obesity and NASH portfolio and other pipeline therapeutic areas at Novo Nordisk. She has over 13 years of experience working in the pharma industry and prior to joining Novo Nordisk, Abhilasha worked for Bayer and Allergan in various capacities in the real world outcomes data generation and HEOR roles. She has supported multiple therapeutic areas ranging from oncology, Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression and chronic low back pain. Abhilasha got her pharmacy degree and master of science in biological sciences from Birla Institute of Technology and Science in Pilani, India. She also has a master's in pharmacy administration from the University of Toledo in Ohio. Hi, Abhilasha. Welcome to Women to Women podcast. Hi, Divya. It's a pleasure being here. And thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to be able to talk to you this afternoon. So you have a really important role, very close to the patients. And you have a very interesting story on where you wanted to be in your career. You are very close to where you wanted to be and in a very, very impactful role today. So can you speak a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so in, in terms of where I really wanted to be from the childhood, ever since I think I remember uh, my my school career back from first grade, I've always wanted to be a doctor. Um, so that was always my my dream. And each time I go to a doctor's office, I have huge respect ever since starting from my pediatrician to all the way now from my, I mean, with my kid's pediatrician, I have huge respect for doctors and that's always what I wanted to do. So I studied aiming to be a doctor. So when I was, uh, most of my education in my, uh, in my childhood was back from India. So that's really where I was born. Uh, I did my schooling back in India. I did my undergrad back in India as well. So when I was in India and all the way, all the way through my schooling, the only goal was to get through med school and really get my admission in a med school. So I even picked the right subjects uh, so I can uh, go go into med school right after my 12th grade. Interestingly, back then, uh, we used to have um, the education system back then in India, and I believe still is to uh, this day, is a little bit more caste-based system. So my grades in my 12th weren't high enough, I should say, um, for me to secure admission in a, in a med school. I did end up getting admission, but I ended up getting admission in a dental college uh, back then. But I had this very, I should say, um, unnecessary and very um, wrong misconception that uh, going into uh, a dental college and becoming a dentist is almost like my second choice or people who don't get into med school, they end up going into a dental college and getting their degree, which I know today, if you ask me, that's such a misconceived notion, but that's kind of where um, I was back then. Obviously, I was very mature, as you can tell. So I didn't, I didn't go down that path. Yeah. So I declined the admission to the dental college and I instead ended up thinking about what other alternative career paths exist that is closer to the medical profession, but still keeps me sort of closer to patient and uh, um, really helps me with patients in, in real life. So that's how I ended up becoming a pharmacist. Actually, I went for my degree in bachelor's of pharmacy. Um, and then to now, I mean, it's been obviously an incredible journey even with my current work environment, I do interact a lot with doctors. I mean, we have doctors all around pharma industry in general, and then I have my own doctors with my pediatrician. So that's a profession that's still um, something that if I had a second second life, I would say that's something I would aspire to do uh, at some point. So the one thing I do want to mention, Divya, is that 
term doctor was so I was so crazy about it <laughs> that I did say, okay, is there any other way I can get to say Dr. Abhilasha? So the term doctor before my name, right? So then I decided, oh, is there like an opportunity to get it through a doctorate degree? Um, so I even explored that option. So that's how desperate I was. I even explored that option in my career uh, right after my master's degree. But then uh, pharma industry career started. And then eventually that's still on my bucket list to at some point get a doctorate degree, but it's still one of my wish list items that I haven't been able to check yet. So one of the things, right, especially um, in India, we always look at the primary profession. So it's engineering and medicine. One of the things that I realized right early on coming here was the fact that there's so many other ancillary professions that are equally impactful, equally important. And without them, you would not be able to do what any of the major professions can do. Correct. Just listening to this podcast, right? Today, I'm sure there are many listeners who are looking at these other ancillary professions. Did you ever feel that there was another profession that could have given you equally what you wanted being a doctor? I think that's a very, um, you know, fair comment, Divya, because to be honest, a majority of my childhood growing up was either between two profession choices. It's either becoming a doctor or becoming an engineer. Engineer was not my cup of tea um, because, uh, you know, um, it goes into a lot of math and things that not my favorite subjects, I should say, when I was growing up. So naturally, my choice was to become a doctor. In hindsight, though, when I think about it, it's such a misconceived notion that majority of people, I guess, have growing up. Because when I think about it, there's so many more professions that can give you that breadth of experience. Uh, that's not just being a doctor or being an engineer, right? So like I said, I ended up becoming a pharmacist by chance. It was not my first preferred choice. But when I got into it, and then eventually even my current field of health economics and outcomes research, which also ended up, by the way, by chance, it was not something I planned for at all. This opens doors for so many more opportunities uh, that I was not at all aware of growing up. In fact, Up until the point of my undergraduate degree, when I finished my undergraduate degree, I had absolutely no idea that there is a field called health economics and outcomes research that existed. So even then, my career choices after my undergrad was, yes, I want to go into graduate school, but what are some of the uh, pharmaceutical career options that exist? In fact, I'll tell you when I was looking up and it was back then we don't have the enough, I, uh, I guess, tools to explore the career choices. So Google was our best friend. So when you start Googling and looking at career choices within this space, things that popped up were things like regulatory affairs and uh, things like uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing. So the one thing I was clear about is I didn't want to become going into labs and doing drug discovery. That's not what I wanted because going through my pharmacy school, that's definitely one of the areas that I did not like much. So I was thinking what other options exist? And then absolutely by chance, when I started Googling up, I came across this area of research called health economics and outcomes research. Back then, when I did my graduate study, it was not even called this field. I mean, uh, the, 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 the course that I ended up taking was called pharmacy administration. Now, that term sounded pretty fancy to me because to me, it was like, oh, cool. It sounds like an MBA in pharmacy, the term pharmacy administration. So that's really what I thought. And I said, okay, I'm going to submit essays to grad school and try to get admission in there with absolutely zero clue of what I'm getting into. Just purely by looking at the curriculum, I was like, oh, this sounds cool. This is like an administrative sort of degree, like an MBA in pharmaceutical sector. 
So once I started my graduate school program, that's when I really, you know, came to this country. That was my first entrance into this country from India. That's when I realized, oh my God, like what world was I living in when I absolutely had no idea of other career choices that existed. So since then to now, I've only seen this field grow phenomenally, multifolds, I should say, because back then I would be honest with you, it's still a very niche field. I consider this to be still a pretty niche field within within the pharmaceutical industry. Not many people know what we do. <laughs> and back then when uh, you know I first started my, my career in pharma industry, people beyond just introducing myself of who I am, always have to introduce the field. What is health economics and outcomes research? What do you guys do? So I always had to sort of include that in my introduction and not many people even, even knew that back then. So from then to now and seeing the opportunities that exist and knowing that what we do is actually very close to patients, that brings it all back to the full circle, right? Okay, I wanted to become a doctor to, you know, be more meaningful to the society and to work with patients. But what I'm doing now in a way is also informing patients and helping them with their decision making choices and whatnot. So it almost feels like it's come back a full circle. So somebody who's just starting up um, in your field, what would you suggest? Where should they start? Should they start in pharmacy school? Is that the best place to start? Or is there another path? It Basically, I think there's a multitude of, I guess, uh, skill sets that this field um, can explore when people are trying to get in. So I know a lot of my colleagues, um, they come in uh, not exactly with a pharmacy degree. Some people even get bachelor's degree in any any field, but they end up getting a master in public health or they end up getting a master's in health economics, master's in health service research. So there are many of those sort of degrees also that you could explore. The one thing that I will say is this is a pretty research-oriented field. So definitely some sort of methodological skill set is probably needed as, as the first starting point to build a foundation. So if someone has a pharmacy degree, then maybe at least pairing it up with a master either in public health or health service research would be helpful. Some people also go all the way in and they end up getting their doctoral degrees as well. So that's another another career path. If you're truly into this, you can go all the way into getting a doctoral degree. Uh, but that's really what it takes. But to be honest, once you set the foot in this field and once you're in this field, a lot of what I learned was through the job. Uh, it was less about, I guess, bringing my skill sets from my from my coursework and my graduate training, but a lot of it is on the job training and how do you really navigate a complex pharma environment. So I think it's probably an influx of both, but to get in, yes, it is a pretty research uh, heavy field. So that basic foundation would be critical. So one other thing you had mentioned um, in our previous conversation was that you moved quite a bit as a child. So you had exposure to a lot of different um people, different kind of cultures. Do you think that plays a role in what you do today? Absolutely. I think it certainly does. Growing up, I was technically, I'm from the southern part of India. That's where I was born. But my father had a had a pretty transferable job throughout. So I explored pretty much all the parts of India. And uh, for those of you uh, who are listening in, who don't know uh, how, how diverse India is, India is truly diverse. If you're from the southern part, the northern part seems like a foreign country to you. So, but growing up and getting explored to um, the different cultures, even within the country, in different languages, uh, every every region speaks so many different languages. I still remember the via. Like when I first moved uh, into uh, the northern part of the country was uh, right when I was in uh, second grade. So when I moved there, I did not speak the language that was spoken in Delhi at that time was uh, was Hindi, right? So it still is the national language, but I didn't 
know how to speak hindi i didn't understand hindi uh, you know my native is a completely different language called tamil so i didn't understand any of that and so i still remember joining in uh, in second grade um, in a school in delhi i was actually bullied because people would make fun of me people would purposefully talk to me in hindi knowing that i don't understand it and kids at that age were you know that kind of how they have fun so it affected me to the point where i'm like i have to learn hindi as soon as possible like literally i gave myself like a period of 2 to 3 weeks i'm like i need to pick up this language so i am not left out in school so i did do that so that helped me open doors and i remember you know till today my you know that opportunity that my parents created and they they put me in that situation where they wanted me to be open to other cultures and open to other languages so the fact that i picked up a new language within a span of a month and after that it, you know me and my brother would speak hindi at home and my mom would be like this is not why we brought you to delhi we want you to still be rooted to your native language and we want you to learn more languages but don't forget your native language so it did come to that point where we started getting more fluent in hindi and almost forgetting our native language but that was the environment that i grew up in and and since then i've been moved to many other parts of the country um, as well and my college degree was also in a very remote part of uh, india uh, from from bitspilani but that's another area where you're technically away from home and in those days i mean going to another sort of completely new region living in a hostel when you were right after 12 that was not something my parents were initially open to but it was really them that that then said it's more about the exposure that i'll get being in an institute like that so my mom was the one who actually pushed that i i should go there and be open to exploring new new areas and that for a period of staying i guess away from home away from parents really opened the boundaries for me in making me aware of uh, you know people from different con- uh, cultures coming together to study and that is where i guess my foundation was set i should say so you started as an introvert but clearly you're not an introvert today so what changed what happened yeah i mean i would uh, i mean it's one i guess hidden secret about me that probably not many know um i used to suffer hugely from stammering issues when i was a child so that all came from the fact that i was an introvert i had intense intense stage fear intense fear of uh, speaking in public intense fear of uh, conversing in a more let's say more than 10 sort of audience so it all started there um, and then so it took almost baby steps i should say growing up in my childhood to try to overcome that so i used to consciously do a lot of stage shows knowing that i do stammer knowing that that's what i need to overcome uh you know backstage i'll be like sweating completely before i'm going up i've signed up to be computer in many of my college events and cultural events and things like that because that to me was another opportunity to you know come out of my shell and come out of my comfort zone and be known uh, for who i am so that was a lot of that effort was put in and moving into this country was another sort of almost like you're taking steps back right because i started building that foundation back in india then moving here right out of my uh, my undergrad degree and moving to a completely new country with completely new culture almost put me back to my shell again i should say so finished my graduate school my first job uh, that i took on after my grad school i started going back into the shell where i wouldn't speak up i would hesitate to speak up because i always used to have the self doubt of am i making sense are my questions even relevant will people think i'm not asking the right questions will people think i'm stupid so there were a lot of the self doubt that came up that was very difficult for me to break out of and i'm a huge believer of first impression is the best impression right so when you create that impression within your first workspace 
then it's tough to break out of that. And that's kind of what was my biggest, I guess, career lesson. Because once I had that you know, experience, for me, I, even though I was consciously trying to come out of it, trying to speak up more or trying to be known as a subject matter expert, people knew that, oh, she would never have an opinion. She would never speak up. So that, that impression was formed, which was very tough for me to break up. I remember very vividly my husband, every time I used to um, come home and we used to discuss like, hey, how was your day and things like that. The one thing he would ask me is, okay, how many people did you speak to within the organization? Did you go out for lunch with people? Did you uh, actively make make friends with people and things like that? My answer would be a no. I went in, I shut the door, I took calls, uh, attended meetings, came back home. That was my standard response for very many years. So it took a long time, Divya, I will say, to break that nut. And to be honest, uh, I was successful in breaking that nut when I changed my job and moved to my next job. And that's when I was like, okay, this is a fresh beginning. Nobody knows me here. So this is my opportunity to uh, reestablish my foundation and get known as uh, someone who has an opinion, who can speak up. So that's really where I would almost say started again. Um, and from that point onwards, that's kind of been my motto is like women always, I feel like you go into the self-doubt mode. And especially when you're trying to navigate a complex work environment, it is very important to hold your fort and hold your ground, be known for your values. And that's what I, I felt, um, you know, I, I, I did a lot of mistakes, but eventually uh, try to rectify and learn from those as, as I, um, you know, further my, my career journey. Incredible. Just the fact that you put yourself out in tough situations so you can come out of your shell. I think that says a lot and that's incredible. You also mentioned, you know, you hesitated to talk to people, you hesitated to make connections. And now you kind of took this 180 turn and you said, okay, new job, new start, let's do this. And you've seen the benefits. So what importance do you think these connections have? Clearly, you've seen it in action. So for the listener, what would your recommendation be? Make those connections, but what's really the overall impact and importance of those connections? I would say it's it's predominantly the, the foundation, I guess, especially when you're looking to establish your career and uh, grow in the, in, in the career journey. I think these networks and these connections lay the foundation, especially in pharma sector in general, and even more so in the field that I'm in, the health economics outcomes research. It's almost a small world. I mean, you bump into people all the time. So to, so to establish the foundation, the connection, I would say has been critical. Personally, for me, I have uh, seen the uh, the benefit of it, of making those strong connections. It's almost not my comfort zone. I do remember even, even today when I go to conferences and meetings and whatnot, social, uh, networking and socializing is not my cup of tea. I know a lot of people, it comes naturally to them. They would just take a cup of coffee and just walk around podiums and, uh, you know, you know, booths and whatnot, just randomly chatting. I would try to go and find the quiet spots where nobody can find me. So even till date, I would say it's not my strongest strength. But I do think that that's an important quality for any anybody um, who, who's trying to sort of grow in the career ladder, because those are the connections that will help get the next role or get the next opportunity that might come knocking on the door. So we never know. So I think it is certainly, uh, personally, I, I'm still working towards it. I wouldn't say I've mastered the art. I have a lot of my colleagues and my peers and my mentors that I look up to that I feel like, you know, those are the qualities that I want to imbibe. Like, okay, if, if I were put in a spot in front of complete strangers, how would I hold my ground? How would I make sure that people know me and, you know, 
uh, focus on me but i'm still not there so i would say it's it's a uh, it continues to be uh, steps uh, forward but uh, that certainly i think in in the pharma industry it's very important so did you seek out a mentor or did you become part of a mentorship program and how did that help you i did seek out mentors i think mentor uh, i mean mentorship has been uh, fundamentally for me has been core of what i i, I look to do so currently in my roles i have quite a few mentors uh, that i look up to and people i mean these are strong strong leaders within the organization that i aspire to be so for me mentorship is something that i've uh, actively sought but also i took time in seeking a mentor and the main reason being i wanted someone who i could relate to who i felt probably has similar values and similar qualities that i have and who i can talk to very freely and hear from their experiences and hear from their journey both personal and professional so so i did take my time picking a mentor but i've uh, through those meetings and through my mentorship meetings it has been incredibly valuable to me personally and seeing how other people in similar situations or perhaps even in their own unique situations have have gone through I always take those learnings and try to implement in how I lead my team. So I think that's something that I always strive to do especially when uh, you're a leader and when you have a team to run and so on. I try to put myself in their shoes. And for me the two foundational values that I aspire from my mentors is authenticity and honesty and truthfulness. I think that's something that I look up to and those are values and qualities that I've grown up in my childhood that I look up to also in uh, in my mentors and people who I mentor. So those are my foundational values so you also mentioned you know you look for these values in other people as well when you're looking for a mentor and i'm assuming also um do you mentor anybody apart from your team members because that's a natural mentorship right as a manager that's part of your job you want to make sure they're successful do you participate in any other programs as well as a mentor uh, i haven't yet uh, participated in any mentorship programs i do i would love the opportunity to do that because i think this is for me another forum to give back uh, because i have learned a lot from my mentors and i know what values uh, that whole mentorship program and curriculum has in shaping my own personal career so i would love to give back so but right now i'm not part of any of those programs but uh, definitely if an opportunity comes up i would love to take it along the way did you ever have instances where um, you had to face challenges and get through people because they would not either hear you or believe you or believe in you so what were those challenges and how did you really handle those and what helped great question uh, i think yeah i would say uh challenges along the way is almost natural right so both personally and professionally i would say it has been something that i've always uh had to encounter in multiple situations throughout my career so more so professionally i would say uh, especially as i'm establishing myself in this space and getting known um getting known as the subject matter expert uh, there have been multiple situations where it, it always comes down to when someone speaks up or let's say you have an opinion and you speak up and there have been multiple instances in the past where someone contradicts uh, what i say i have realized the mistake i would say that i've done in those situations is i would even though i may fundamentally not agree to that opinion i've always almost almost receded uh, my own personal uh, ch- uh, you know opinion in that matter so that always makes me feel like uh, okay if someone else says something on top of it then you tend to agree to their opinion even though heart of heart you may not right so i've have i've had many situations like that where i felt especially early on in my career where uh, even though fundamentally i may not agree to it i was forced to agree and uh, that's uh, those instances in hindsight haven't really panned out well because in hindsight i felt like i should have heard 
listen to my gut and maybe even put a stronger stance but in in those instances i didn't really know it was a lot of i guess uh, immaturity and trying to navigate a complex work environment uh, that i felt it's okay to play safe um, but i now if you ask me i think even if it means challenging the status quo i think we absolutely should because that's where i think changes happen and that's where i think we can really have drive innovation because if we keep doing the same thing repetitively that's not going to lead into something more materialized right so but those are things that obviously as i mature in my career uh, i i would say i probably learned it some of the harder way even in my personal life i think it's uh, it's 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 come up a lot especially you know with kids and managing like a full blown working environment and handling two little kids at home there have been many instances where you have had to juggle what's you know good for your Uh, family versus what's good for your professional career i should say i've been lucky um, because the support system has always been incredible for me and very strong for me and uh, i managed to change jobs without managing <laughs> uh, to move or relocate so to speak so that's always kind of helped me a lot but i i would also say that's not a situation that everybody used to their strength but luckily for me it just happened to be that way but there have been multiple instances where i've used to like you know grapple with the mom guilt and sometimes when i prioritize work over like kids i'm like you know this whole guilt feeling comes in and i'm like am i doing the right thing am i being a bad mother so i have these self doubt mode all the time even in my personal life uh, but uh, i think that's kind of where i feel like uh, women and women leaders more so need to be more more strong in terms of like can women do it all i mean if you ask me today can women do it all probably yes but it also depends on your own personal situation and the support system that you have around that comes up a lot the whole support system right having people who can support you through and through having that village stand up for you right when you need whether it's your career whether it's you know your personal life support system definitely matters so changing topics a little bit here what kind of reading do you do like what what's your source of joy and what kind of stuff do you read or watch Yeah, uh reading I would say I've not been able to keep up. I used to read a lot uh before kids, but after kids I feel like just finding the time to pick a book and read has been incredibly difficult. So I'll admit that although I would love to do it. Um uh, my source of joy right now is uh you know, my typical day after I wind down is usually spending time with kids, cooking, love to cook for the family, for the kids, and then also just watching them uh and this pandemic has really helped help with that so it is restricted travel which means i can spend more time uh with uh kids and with family in general so that's really helped a lot i love watching shows on netflix and prime and with now with pandemic i think we have so many you don't have to step out of the house i do tend to listen to uh listen to podcasts in general um and also try to watch tech talks and tech shows so that's another way for me to keep in touch with less entertainment but more something that can benefit professional journey what are a couple of things that you would advise women to you know stay away from couple of habits you have uh, seen whether in your teams or outside that women tend to make those kind of mistakes more than men so what would those instances be and like what are those qualities that we should start looking at to develop and then some that we should try to get rid of yeah i think it's a great question and something that i would say maybe from my own uh, career journey a couple of things that i have uh, i have made a mistake like i said and i've learned uh, learned to come out of it is having more of a self doubt um i've noticed women tend to do that a lot and even in my team right now i keep telling uh, telling my team the same thing is it is okay to speak up i mean i'm sure everybody has an opinion speak up get get heard 
and i think we have to hold our hold our ground in the in the corporate world because i tend to feel like women always they are very conscious about uh, their surroundings and they always tend to focus on what would others think like am i saying the right thing but i've noticed that that's probably more of a gender specific thing i don't i've never noticed male colleagues even be conscious in fact they wouldn't even think twice before expressing their opinion but women tend to do that a lot including myself i still do right so really being conscious and really first thinking about is this the right thing what are someone else going to think about it so i think that's important uh, to make sure that we don't we don't really make that mistake but also at the same time as uh, getting our voice heard is extremely important like i said i've uh, spent almost 7 years of my career not doing that and then picking it up so that's something i would encourage especially people who are starting new is you know come with that confidence and we all are confident people to begin with with strong foundation both uh, you know educationally as well as personally so holding that confidence never self doubting i think those are the two key things i would say and for me like i said before authenticity and truthfulness and honesty are core values um, that i i tend to look at a lot i don't like people who are artificial on the outside but think something else on the inside i would rather hear it on my face uh, you know rather than you know go behind my back so that's another thing where i would uh, definitely uh, you know feel like those are qualities that people should possess these days uh, to to make a mark in the corporate world so thank you any closing comments so it's been a absolutely a great pleasure uh, talking talking to you about my uh, i guess personal and professional journey um i think the one thing i would say is uh, you know coming from different culture and coming from a uh, different ethnicity and then coming to a completely different country this has just been a, a world of opportunity so for anybody who's who's looking to make a mark i would say there is absolutely nothing wrong in exploring boundaries here it's okay to be uncomfortable and it's you know as you can tell from the phrase that is comfortable and uncomfortable so it's really you know push the boundaries get uncomfortable that's really where um uh, you know you can come out of your comfort zone and make a mark so that would be my my closing comments i've learned it the hard way but for those of you listening don't shy away from opportunities i think if it comes knocking on your door grab it with both hands thank you so much abhilasha for your time and your views really appreciate it thank you so much divya it's been a pleasure